You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. It is 8.04am. Lawson, we have another quiz question for today. Take it away. Here we go. Quiz question number four. Who was the king of Judah during the time of Amos? Was it A, David, B, Isaiah, C, Jeroboam, or D, Jehoash? If you know the answer to that one. I was reading Amos the other day, actually. I love how it starts off. It's like, Amos is this guy. He's like herding sheep. Yeah. And then he's called by the Lord to be a prophet. Um, and so good, if eh? you know who was the king during the time in which he was called, well, then give us a text. 0491-064-669. Was it A, David, B, Isaiah, C, Jeroboam, or D, Jehoash, who was the king during the period of Amos when he was a prophet in his, well, in, in Judah. Absolutely. And hey, if you were listening just before we went on to the the um, the news time, we had Paul Murgard from yeah. um, Destiny oh, Rescue. It was, awesome. it was just like um, epic is the word, you know, just full on and amazing what they're doing. So they're actually rescuing young children from traffic, sex trafficking around the world in mm. 12 nations. Just incredible stuff. And what we want to share with you is that you can actually go and find out more on destinyrescue.org.au. Um, and their mission, of course, is to rescue young children with trafficking. You can actually also go on there to make donations, if you mm. like, um, to actually help towards the cause. So there's a section there where it actually says to donate now. As well yeah, you section. can become a rescue partner, so yeah, you can join in right. their mission and and set up donation to. Like, I don't know how you could not be convinced about what he just said. Oh, like, hundred like, percent. What did they say in the N- Nepal border checkpoint? There was nine hundred and sixty twenty or something. Yeah, that, that's Young more than that, one a day. Well, that's right, and that they rescued on the border, and they had been groomed, but not yet, not yet, yet having like, you know was, sex trafficked, which was is the incredible. Final destination, it was a like it was that. that that was it. Like, this is the last chance. And they were there, ready, getting it done. Like, this is an organization that... And it's also an organization of faith, too. Absolutely. Like, this is coming from people who have been motivated to do this and work. it's a non-for-profit organization. By Christ. Mm. It's non-profit. You know, even man, if, if, if it was for-profit, like, it's a service that is just good. Um, but they're putting all of their resources, their time and their That's energy the to saving That's children. Right. Everything that like, is donated goes in towards it's that. It's just, just amazing. Isn't so, it just incredible? Mm-hmm. And just stories are... After stories now, who shared one of the lady Anita in in um in India? Oh, that was powerful. Who was that was re- so nonchalant, by the way. Oh. He's like, yeah, I'm doing this work and da da da. And so I have this story of this Anita lady, and then just it's just like the most powerful, just incredible un- story of re- rescue, redemption. redemption. Re- oh. Just, just, oh, just a powerful story of redemption. But you know what? I couldn't grasp. Like I just still, I find it. In my mind, I still find it hard how people can actually do that and groom, groom, and you know, just vulnerable children. These vulnerable mm. children, but that a lady would do it to another young girl is just like for mine, for me, just mind-boggling. That yeah. this woman came to the workplace where she was, you know, with this young nine-year-old was already working and said, "I'll give you something better," but actually gave her something so totally oh. worse. And in my mind, you know, just keep, what keeps going through is that Destiny Desk Rescue is doing such a fabulous work, and that somehow these children pray the Lord are actually trusting other people, mm. trusting other adults, and I'm sure that it would be with the manner that they're approached, with the fact that there's this the, the kindness and the gentleness with which they are actually reached, and with the words that they're told. But um, just just powerful stuff that is actually happening in that space. So mm. again, just go to destinyrescue.org.au, have a look at it, read more, have a look at the 
Sound of Freedom movie if you get the chance. Yeah. Um, the trailer is actually out as well. And I, I know that the, one of the things they say on there, you know, that the guy says, you know, if God calls you, how can you hesitate from responding? Yeah. And that is just uh, so, oh, so true. Man. And that's what Destiny that's Rescue powerful. is doing exactly that. People are risking their lives so that, so that children are saved from self, um, sex trafficking. Yeah. And I, I just love that point too. He made the point of the body. Yes. Denuda. How the church. Yeah. Yeah. You and I sit here as radio hosts and as people like working in like the church, the ministry of, well, we get to be on radio, but then also the ministry of the local church. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, wow. Like we get, we get to work for Christ doing a work that's leading people to Jesus. And we love doing it. And it's amazing. And it's like, it, 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 that interview just made it so clear oh. that the work of God is to not mm. in just the confines mm. of, you know, someone who goes and gets a theology degree and mm-hmm. who can stand up in front of a church and yep. preach sermons. Um, at the same time, we love the church. We're like all about the church, all about bringing people to church, all about people engaging in the church communities. Um, and that's a, as a result of their, you know, experience with Christ so that will be a part of the church but it's like oh also something that the church does is protect the needy and the vulnerable a- absolutely and work as a body I love the, his analogy yeah. you know how Paul talks about being the body of Christ he's you know he's just this yeah. imagery of you know one is the hands one's the feet one's the head you know all of that sort of stuff it's yeah so, it's so important isn't it so, everyone has their powerful. part to play just yeah also I've, just I've been whole, really touched by this oh hugely moved you know and there's just the whole stories of redemption in every Away, and because of course Christ came to this world to redeem us, you know, He died on the cross so that mm. each might have life and be brought back, you know, and so mm. and that's a beautiful thing. Hey, you just wanted to add a tiny bit on to the, the oh, segment yeah. you had at the start, and then we really need to jump into our Bible study yeah, time as for well. Sure. Hey, um, well, I was talking about geopolitics, I was talking about the situation of Taiwan and China and South Korea and America and this Cold War brewing and the te- over technology, which is come to be one of the most important resources is these these computer chips and particularly yep. like the they're made out of silicon as well which they've had issues with silicon shortages over the last couple of years we've talked about it here on faith fm but the real thing i wanted to highlight in terms of a spiritual application is that during during the 20th century uh there was a huge focus from Christians on the and the twenty the twentieth century and then also into the two thousands on the Middle East, mm-hmm. and it was because there was an unfolding geopolitical situation of like they've got the oil, and then it's like oh well you know because so much of the Bible the context of it is in the Middle East you know it's based, like mm-hmm. based in, in well we're going to be reading the book of Ephesians Ephesus is a city that's in you know I believe it's modern day Turkey this area of the Middle East you know Christianity spreading out at this point and then mm-hmm. going back into the Old Testament you see mm-hmm. the, the 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 politics and the wars between these various nations and yeah when there was issues in the Middle East and and, and you, you look at Iraq and the invasion of Iraq and and Afghanistan and then how they related to Israel and oil and all this stuff. It was it, all of a sudden that started to reflect in people's interpretations of mm-hmm. Bible prophecy. Mm-hmm. And then now we've seen a shift away from that mm-hmm. into like one of the, like the most important country at the moment. One of the most important countries geopolitically is now Taiwan. And it's like very, much more difficult to fit Taiwan into some kind of, uh, Bible prophecy bias and, and the yeah. motivation to do this and, and where a lot of these, you know, Bible prophecies can, but p- particularly that f- 
fueled a lot of Zionism and the idea that, oh, we need to go and, and reclaim the Holy Land, even for, not just for Jews, but for Christians as well. Like, mm. we need to go and rebuild the temple in, in Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when we do that, then Jesus will come back. And the evidence that was given by, you know, pastors and Bible scholars and whatnot who subscribe to that is like, well, look at all the conflict in the Middle East. And now we're seeing conflict not in the Middle East, mm. But in the East, it's yeah. like, oh, now the East and these countries are becoming more important in the geopolitical landscape than yeah. the Middle East. And what it shows me is, is man, like you can't just pick up the newspaper and inter- use it to interpret the Bible. Like, and ultimately those systems of interpretation were actually. We've in- got to be very careful with how we interpret. That's right. They yeah. were, they were invented actually for the express purpose of obscuring Bible truth, you know, to say that because the, the doctrine of futurism and, and the beliefs of the end times that it holds is that, oh, we need to be constantly watching the ground of all of the political events that are happening because all of a sudden, bam, everyone's going to be raptured. Mm. And, and at the same time, it's like the Antichrist will reveal themselves. And we, and the point that futurism makes is we don't know who that is yet so we need to constantly be guessing and looking for the most evil person of the time in in the the most in this context or whatever it may be to to work out oh who who is the antichrist and who is this evil and the reality of the situation is that when we take away these interpretations that literally serve to obscure scripture rather Absolutely. than open scripture we realize that god has already revealed these things he has but again this is a very key point from this from this whole geopolitical thing god is not after, you know, some piece of land that is important. Mm-hmm. As we move He's towards... He's after his people. That's right. As we move towards the second coming, rather than looking towards the land, looking towards the east or the west or whatever it may be, look towards scripture, look towards Jesus and your relationship with him that you may inherit a land uh, that is expressly from him. Absolutely. Like this world is going to burn and issues between China and Taiwan and Korea or the Middle East or Iraq or Israel, whatever it may be, they're going to become irrelevant. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. And that day is coming soon where Jesus will come and heaven will be our home. So Mm. let's be part of that. Be ready and waiting for Jesus. Hey, it's come time into our Bible study time. We're going back into Ephesians chapter 6 and we've been looking at the whole armour of God. And this, you know, what Paul actually uh, covers here is this this imagery of a battlefield and a a battle that is going on, isn't it? And it's this whole battle that is between good and evil. We actually unpacked the last few days about from Revelation Mm. chapter 12, verse 7 to 9, about how there was war in heaven and how Satan was cast out of heaven with, with, with the angels. And then, of course, through Jesus Christ um, and, you know, dying on the cross for each one of us, we, and when we accept Jesus into our hearts and into our lives, we can be overcomers of these mm. things. And the beautiful thing is that even though we are all in within this battle, you know, we can actually, through the power of God, win the battles because we allow God to fight the battles. And here's the thing. Let's go back into that um, verse especially, um, you know, verses, uh, verse verse 12 if we can because we've actually picked up reading all of the passage but actually mm. verse 10 to 12 is really key here and then we'll actually cover a little bit about standing but we just want to finish unpacking some of the stuff that we started unpacking yesterday but is mm. really crucial to today's thing yeah um, absolutely. About, about that background of this cosmic conflict in verse 10 the bible says finally my brethren be strong in the lord and in the power of his might put on the whole armor of god that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil for we do not 
wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness, of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Yeah, powerful oh, stuff. So we're going to unpack that whole thing about sick. standing. We're also going to unpack today about the the different parts of the uh, of the armor as well cuz they're really important as well. But here's the thing, you know, in in addition to what we actually said yesterday about this whole cosmic conflict. I love what Paul actually does that within Ephesians he actually covers about this cosmic conflict in mm. a number of places. So in Ephesians 1 chapter 1 18 to 20 which we actually have covered a bit earlier and then Ephesians 3 also, God mm. actually empowers believers with power. Do you believe that, Lawson? Oh, absolutely. He's the one that gives the power. Hey, we can't fight against evil ourselves. Mate. And why can't we? If we were left to our own devices to stand against evil, we'd be stuffed. Like, like look at at this world, man. Like, we are really, and and again, oh, my my mind is just fixed on this interview with Paul and Destiny Rescue and the work they're doing. Like, this is the result of evil unchecked. And and this is a real huge, yeah, that's a really good example, isn't it, of the whole thing of good and evil Mm -hmm. and how there is this this battle and and this wrestling that is going on, the battlefield Mm. that we're actually in. There, like, there is no piece of of cultural ignorance or whatever it may be that could enable someone to think that what they're doing, you know, in regard to child sex trafficking is okay, right? And because the authorities are already after them, they Destiny Rescue are working in areas in which the police are already working and trying to catch these people and Destiny Rescue works with the authorities to then catch them. These people know what they're doing is wrong, but they still do it. Like, and, and that is the reality of the of the effect the, of evil. The effect of evil is that yeah. we do things that we know are wrong and convince ourselves and believe they're right because we desire to do evil so much. We are so addicted to sin mm. uh, and immorality that it would lead us to do lead us to do something so harrowing and awful. Mm. And so, if we were left to our own devices to deal with sin, it's like, oh yeah, good luck, just stop being evil. Again, we we would just be struggling like there, there is no hope absolutely in that. hey and everyone and that's why and i just want to read a verse here from hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 that says and and you know links in nicely with what you've just said here mm. it says here in as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood he himself as in jesus likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who has the power of death that is the devil you know because the thing is that you know through jesus dying on the cross we know that death came in um, mm. as a result of sin, you know, with Adam and Eve sinning and then all humanity is affected with, with that. But it also gave um, the, the thing that happened when Adam and Eve also sinned was not only that death came in, but it actually gave Satan the power to rule over this earth. And so by Jesus coming onto this earth, you know, incarnate as in in person, in the flesh, he, and he by him actually dying, and we actually mentioned yesterday that if he only died but was never resurrected, there is no power. The mm-hmm. victory is the fact that he was resurrected and he lives again mm. and he now intercedes on our behalf mm. 
in heaven. You know, that's why he's called the high priest. And Hebrews unpacks that so mm. nicely in every place. But that he's the one that has that power over evil. He's yep. the one that has the power over Satan. He's the one that has the, the, the power over a death. And that's why we read even yesterday, you know, that the, he has the keys of Hades and death. In other mm. words, to the grave and to, to, to death. That's why when Jesus comes, you know, those who believe in him will be resurrected to the resurrection of life, you know, when, when he actually comes. But also, you know, in Second Timothy, if we were to read that, it says that Jesus also abolished death. You know, so and um, but so further unpacking this whole cosmic conflict in Ephesians one, it also says that Christ won the victory at the cross, and so he exalted, um, he was exalted over the powers of evil. In chapter two of Ephesians, he he empowered their ident- our identity in Christ, and together with Christ, we can fight against the former darkness. So it's because when we actually come to Christ and we allow Him, we surrender to Him. We say, look, Lord, we cannot of ourselves fight this battle. You fight it. You win it. You know, I've, I've seen it done so many times. I don't know if I've mentioned before on Faith FM, but Keith and I, um, you know, have one room in our house now that is called the war room. And it's mm. also, we had that out west when there were so many battles. I think mentioned that out west there was so many, so a lot of, you know, uh, yeah, people seeing spirits in their homes and things yeah, like that. Wow. We had to pay, pray over their homes that we, we actually experienced that um, ourselves where it was, it was impacted us in a place, you know, that we would never ever have expected in a way would we have never expected. But when we actually kept going to the war room and several times a day and just praying, we were working at home at that time and we would pray several times a day. We saw miracle mm. after miracle after miracle within those moments in those days happening. That's what is giving. When we actually mm. pray, we we are saying to Jesus, "We give you the power to work in this space because we cannot do it." Yeah, and, yeah, keep going. Absolutely. You know, we've been talking about the great controversy oh, over yeah. the last couple of days, and we've been looking at well, what was the original evil that you know Satan had committed, and it, he had this insatiable desire to be an authority, the place of God, and it corrupted him, right? And it's mm. then that corruption is what he shares to others to be self-centric, to be self-centered, to to put yourself in that position of authority in your own life because you just should, you're better than God, why trust him, like all of these things. And it's so interesting. Like imagine being Jesus. Mm. You know, he, he feeds the 5,000 and after a number of these miracles – like he gets swamped by people who are like, let's make you the king. Man, if if I was in that situation, like someone just wanted to bestow upon me like complete executive power over a nation, mm. like it would be difficult to say no. Mm. Like it would be hard to not look at the, partic- the, the benefits that come with that and, and go like, oh, well, like... Yeah, like everyone really likes it. I should maybe I should be able to like this kind of thing. And Jesus, like, it, I really this was a temptation for, from Satan, Satan, you know, to work mm-hmm. in the hearts of the people to actually do this. Mm-hmm. Again, it's oh, and this was Satan's whole thing, especially when he, you know, um, in during the temptations of Jesus in the wilderness. It's like oh, if I can just get Jesus to give in. And want that taste of authority, mm-hmm. you know, rather than subject himself to the will of the Father, mm-hmm. while, rather than stay in his, you know, in his human state, just using his human power. Like, if I can just get him to to want that authority that I want so bad, like, because that's all he wants. He's like, oh, if I can get it to see him from, if I can get yeah. him to see it from my perspective, then I've got him. 
And Jesus just stays strong. Jesus stays stands. strong. He stands. He stands. And, and that's so crucial, oh. isn't it? Because yeah, he stands. That and that's what Paul then uses that same same term is to stand because Jesus stood, didn't he? Mm. He never failed. He never he he never sinned. He he was he didn't break to the whole temptations, did he? Mm. In any kind of way, and that's the key thing. And that's why Paul says here, if we go back to the, the thing in Ephesians where it says, "I love what you read there, um, Lawson, in verse thirteen." He says, "Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and have done all to stand." So the withstanding and standing are the one thing to be able to make that stand against evil mm. and. In every way, so we actually really need to keep on unpacking what is what what did the ancient battlefield really look like because that helps us understand in every kind of way, and that's what we're going to keep on doing as we keep on going into that space. But what is the context of the ancient battlefield? Mm. What does the whole armor oh, represent? Why do we need to understand and know this? Because this is a really one of the most crucial passages I believe in the mm. Bible that we need to really know and understand. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Lawson, what is our last quiz question for today, please, before we continue our Bible study? This object is mentioned as runneth over in Psalms 23 and verse 5, which now is a saying for having Plenty. If you know what object was runneth over, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to text. And if you text that number with the correct answer, you go into the draw to win our amazing prize for this week: a taste of travel by Nancy Kite. We'll give you this book yes. for free. Yes, we, we want to give it to you, you for free. Won't regret you getting just it. have to win the draw, and to win the draw, you just have to answer questions correctly so that you can get your name as many times as possible in there. But again, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. That is the number to text. And what object runneth over? And the clue is, it's something that you use probably almost every day. <laughs> so yeah. that's the clue with that one, hey? Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, we're continuing our Bible study, of course, mm-hmm. and, and um, in Ephesians chapter 6 where it says, therefore, uh, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and have done all to stand. And stand, therefore, having girded with the waist of truth, and off, on it goes with the, with, with the whole armor. So before we unpack the armor, we mention the armor. just want to unpack this whole thing of the ancient battlefield because that's really the, the symbolism, isn't it, the metaphor mm. that Paul is using here, isn't it, really? Yeah, he's calling you a soldier. He's calling you a soldier, that's right. And so he's saying, like, you know, well, what did soldiers do in the ancient days, you know, more so than in the way that is done today? So for the side for the side to actually have victory in the battle, there were three real key things. Hey, mm-hmm. the first thing is that the soldiers had to actually be close to the enemy. Do you like being close to your enemy, Lawson? Right. Every day in, oh. the, in the breakfast show studio. <laughs> oh, go! Uh, nah, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. I'm just kidding. It, We're <laughs> not enemies. We are one body. Absolutely. Of We're homies, united. dude. We're homies united in Christ. As, as I'm, I'm, so. I'm here. I'm just kidding. Absolutely. Okay, so, so we've got to be close to the enemy. Close, close to the enemy. So you know they had to actually march towards their enemies, which I reckon would be just like you know pretty freaky. I reckon in its own way. But the the thing is, they had to actually march, of course. To 
towards mm. towards their enemy. The second thing is, and of course, in those days, they actually did wear the whole armour, which is why Paul actually also uses this whole analogy of the armour. Because if you look at so many of, of you know of the movies from from England, you know, back back in the, the English Empire and all those sort of things, they always always wore the hard armour, didn't they? Like you mm. know, um, the the. the they were just covered in full armor. So when they actually clashed, it was like a major sound. Like there was flesh mm. going everywhere. There was noise <laughs> yeah. going everywhere of all the metal and everything flying everywhere. So they actually just to, to attack. So here's the second point. To attack, they actually had to stand their ground or stand firm. In other words, they actually had to fight together. So the closer they, if they spread them out, then of course there was more chance of each one actually mm. getting killed. If they actually pulled together and stood together, then of course that, that was actually harder to target individuals. And, and of course with the whole armor being tightly pulled together, not only the people, but the, the armor in itself to actually aim would be actually really hard to then, then kill. And then the third thing was to actually win. They actually had to beat back the enemy, in other words, mm. to force the enemy away. What's that movie by Mel Gibson that was done um, years back? Braveheart. That's yeah. a really good example of this, you know. Yeah. If anyone has actually seen that movie, that's ex- all these three points are exactly they mm. had to do, and it's actually depicted in that movie, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Paul's actually making when when you le- read the, this passage of the armor of God, and particularly what's being quoted here in our lesson. It, this is actually a quote from uh, Thucydides, which is yeah. he, he was a, a historian and, but he was also you know one of the generals in the Peloponnesian War, which is like one of my favorite periods mm. of history oh, ever so it's basically this it was the war between the greek city states and yep. there was two leagues that the greek city states put themselves into you had the delian league which was run by athens mm-hmm. and you had the peloponnesian league which yep. was run by sparta and these two leagues went to war and it was there was an attempted invasion by the persians mm-hmm. and that invasion failed so the persians left and we're just like okay we can't yeah, take Greece. We're, we're just gonna go back to we're just gonna go back right. east and then so the west all starts to greek starts a war against each other mm-hmm. over various reasons um but this is an allusion to one of the most effective strategies that mm-hmm. the greeks had in their arsenal Absolutely. and that was called the greek phalanx so basically yeah. the phalanx was that you would put all of these soldiers like they would hold spears and shields mm-hmm. and they would get into this rectangular formation mm-hmm. where they're all walking forward and they're yeah. constantly you know jarring, jarring. their spears yeah. forward, forward and basically they were they were unable to be broken if they could stay in the phalanx and this was developed later by the romans and yeah. whatnot but the greek phalanx that they use here, it was incredibly effective and what's so interesting in ephesians chapter six is that the advice is, that is given is like oh make sure you know you stay together so that you well make sure that you know you're putting on the whole arm of god so that you can stand against the wiles wiles the wiles of the devil, of the, devil. the the other translations for that that we see there is fiery darts yes the the only way to beat the phalanx was either heavy flanking by cavalry so people riding horses and around and flanking uh, the phalanx or it would be ranged archers which is often like that was the kind of trade-off like the the persians were fantastic had a fantastic legion of archers and so it would be the the phalanx versus the archers and in, at the end of the day uh, the phalanx came out on top and it was like hey and, and the only way it would work is if they stayed together stayed if they didn't together. break formation in the phalanx i mean this is a general rule of war but for yeah. the greeks specifically absolutely so that they could fight off 
the fiery darts of their enemy. Mm. It was, hey, we need to... And, and that was the other thing, is that the phalanx could be heavily armoured as well. Yep. If if you start to break apart the phalanx and sh- soldiers are standing individually, then there is a need to reduce the amount of armour because if you're standing individually, then you're more at risk of you know getting hurt and, and whatnot. And so then you actually need to be... Like, you need less armor. Mm. You have to actually take off armor so that you can retreat and run away. But if you stay in formation, everyone can be as armored as possible because mobility isn't an issue yeah. here. You just keep pushing forward, covered up, rugged up, in your armor, standing strong together. And those fiery darts, like, all of a sudden, they're not a problem because you just keep pushing that's, forward. Yeah, together. And that's such a great analogy, isn't yeah. it, for believers and those in, you know, the church that's of right. God. That's right. That's right. that's what he says there. Stand firm, stand fast, stand together. That's in right. In other words, you know, re- we wrestle wrestle together, stand firmly and be engaged in that battle, you know, against evil together. Yeah. And often, you know, it was the responsibility of every soldier, but particularly the leaders of the phalanx, to not break formation. Like mm. the, the death of the phalanx was the breaking of the phalanx. If you could get someone to leave that rectangle, it's over. And it was the the leader's responsibility to make sure everyone is staying in and engaged so that these Greek legions, they could push forward in their phalanx formation. And we see here, it's like, who are we standing with? Like, who's standing for us? Who are we standing with? It's Christ. Christ. Like, he is the leader. He is the one who is the standing right at the front there. He is taking the, the brute of the uh, of the of the fierce battle, you know, Absolutely. he's he's taking the the brute of the wiles, and it's w- while we stand with him, while we stand with him, we that's can right. keep pushing forward, and we yes, we keep, you know, if we break from Jesus, like if you break from the phalanx, oh, you need to drop your army, you need to drop your spear yeah. and your sword and and your shield and take off. But if you stay in, you can stay armored. And that's and the so thing. Standing that, with that, Jesus, and standing with our brothers and sisters. Absolutely. And that's where faith comes in because we have that assurance that God is on our side and that mm. Jesus is standing in our place and that he is fighting those battles. And that's really crucially important in every way. And mm. so here, you know, I think of, of the verse in Philippians one twenty seven that says this. Um, it says, stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Absolutely mm. crucial. And so let's stand together against mm. the wiles of the darkness, against evil. Let Jesus win the, fight the battles and we will win. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. So Lawson, it's come time for us to give our answers to the quiz questions. What foundation did the foolish man choose to build his home on? It was the foundation... Of sand. It was. Yeah, I actually, I love this. You, I, I remember. Do you remember the songs? I, I'm, it's scary. How does it Don't go? Don't build your house yes, on, on the sand. sand you yeah, classic, dude. I, I remember. And then the other one is um, the, yeah, that's right. You sing this. man built his house upon the rock. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You know what's so awesome <laughs> about this? So, I remember being here in Faith FM. It was actually myself and Lyle. We did a Bible study on, on this passage. Oh, nice. And, and something you brought up, he's like, yeah, from a builder's perspective, it's actually easy to build on sand. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's low eff- effort to build on sand, right? Because But you, it would be moving all the time. But think about it. Rock, you have to like drill into. Yes, no, that's it's true. Like, it's like a hard surface sand, like especially if sand's compact, it's like, oh yeah, man, like it's compact sand. You, mm. Mate, you can just lay it. It's, it all just, everything just fits together. But then as soon as the, what is it? The waves come. 
Yeah. It blows it away. And it's like a really fantastic analogy of like, there are things that are necessary to life that you need to do. And maybe it's a, a decision to follow God and what, and they will be difficult against the current of the world, but mm. you need to do them. Like, and you will be built upon Christ rather than mm. built upon this world, which is in a very uh, real and literal sense going to blow away. Well, and that's the thing when we actually stand on Jesus, when he's, he is the rock, you know, we have a firm foundation and we won't be swayed. You mm. know, when things come our way, like we said, what we've been talking about, we find power in Christ. We, yeah. we let Him fight the battles for us. We find strength in our decision making. We find strength in our purpose in life. We find strength in, you know, just in so many, so many different things. So, yeah. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Finally, be ye all of one mind. mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. That was First Peter chapter 3 and verse 8. What disciple walked on water? It was Paul. Just kidding. I was trying to trip you guys up there because it's, it's, uh, yeah, Peter doing a fantastic job. And Absolutely. then he starts to sink because he looks, you know, he not at Christ. Not he looks down at, at the waves and he's falling into the waves and Christ saves him. That would be such a freaky situation. Wouldn't that, hey, be, but like, firstly, even to know that you're walking on water, I mean, to see Jesus, you know, to, to walk on water and then actually try walking on water. But, the whole thing with that is keep your eyes on Jesus yeah, in life. Right. Keep your eyes on Jesus because we do fall otherwise when we mm-hmm. don't keep our eyes on Jesus. And in that and case, have faith. Have, have faith strong faith. Because Peter was attempting to do something that without God was impossible. Absolutely. It is like a perfect illustration of trying to live the Christian life and trying to be a follower of Jesus. Yeah. It's like it is something that is actually impossible for someone to do in their own strength. It's 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 as hard and we've been talking about this. Why does so much evil exist? To do good in the world that we live in is as hard as walking on water, yep. which is impossible without God. Yep. Amazing stuff there. Who was the king of Judah during the time of Amos? That was Uzziah. Uzziah. Read that. At the beginning of Amos 1 yep. verse 1, you know, the classic minor prophet or may, mm. both major prophets as well, but minor prophet intro of, hey, this is the word of the Lord that came to Amos, the that's shepherd right. in the time of Uzziah, <laughs> the king, the son of, you know. it's Yeah, uh, concerning it's, Israel. That's right. Awesome. Mm. And then finally here, this object is mentioned as runneth over in Psalm 23 and verse 5, which yeah. now is... Is a saying for having plenty, and that object was the cup. The cup, yeah, yeah. yeah cup. His cup runneth over, and it's a uh, which now is a saying for having plenty. Yeah, like the amount that God gives us, absolutely in abundance into our lives. You know, and the verse actually reads, "You prepare a table before me in the mm. presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows or runneth mm. over, depending which version you're actually reading." But yeah, I mean, Jesus gives us so much in abundance in our lives. You know that more blessings and more than you can ever ever imagine. The best life you can have is the life with Jesus. Yeah, I actually love that. That's that can also be a bit of a, a military illusion as well that he's mm. making there because in the presence of your enemies usually when that's happening you know on the battlefield yeah, or in a, or in a besie- you know in a siege setting it is always a battle of attrition right yeah. and and it's a race against who runs out of supplies first in in ancient warfare mm-hmm. who runs out of supplies first and then they attack each other and in this case it's like in the presence of my enemies man my cup runneth over. Like yeah. in the presence of my enemies, Isn't that beautiful promise. I'm good. Like mm. I am. I God has right. got, got my sh- back. God has uh, You back. prepare a table before me on the battlefield. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at one eight hundred Faith FM.
listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. We come to the end of our show. Just a couple of quick things before we have our giveaway. Get your phones ready on 0491 You'll be able to text in the word book when Lawson announces it. But here we have from Wayne saying, that's so cool hearing how Jesus incarnated himself into the flesh. That's something Satan can't do. He could never come into the world in the flesh because he can't create life. That's so be- that is so beautiful. Thanks for that, Wayne. Yeah, just really good text there. Also, just yesterday we had Jennifer Skews, um, our health psychologist. Um, just a quick announcement. She's actually um, on Sunday this weekend from 11 to 12 noon at Watson Park Convention Centre that is in Brisbane on 337 Old Gympie Road, Dakabin, Queensland. She's actually going to be covering on getting off the emotional roller coaster and from 11 to 12 on Sunday, the September the 17th. What's our giveaway for today, please, Lawson? Hey, our giveaway for this morning, the battle belongs to the Lord. 12 biblical reminders that God fights on our behalf by Elizabeth Vera Talbot. We've been talking about the battlefield. Yeah, haven't we? We've been talking about, you know, ancient battle techniques, but also how, you know, the greatest battle that there is is the battle of good and evil, the great controversy. And the amazing thing is that God, you know, although we're still in the midst of the battle, the victory is assured. God has already won. The battle belongs to the Lord. And that's what this book is about. Hey, 0491-064-669 is the number to text if you want this book. It's a powerful devotional. We Mm. want to give it to you absolutely for free. Again, 0491-064-669. Have a great day. And remember to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be the